welcome to All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast, with your hosts, Ryan, Shane, and Mike. I'm not going to be belching left, right, and center. In fact, this could possibly be the most civilized I've ever been in a podcast. <laughs> I feel like I got slight mud butt. Oh. Did you say mud butt? Yes. Hmm, nice. Swamp ass or mud butt? Nah, I think it's mud butt. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. <laughs> ah, yes, of course. Just remember not to stick your finger up when you're trying to <laughs> when you're trying to wipe because you don't want to get into the fudge tunnel. Good God! It happened to the best of us. I know, right? All right, let me get rid of some of this nonsense. All windows closed. I've got my headphones on. All the unnecessary windows are closed, a.k.a. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. But the porn stays open. Oh, fucking always. Uh Uh-oh. Maybe I should get that backup running. Yeah, maybe you should. Yeah, right, I got my regular porn, but I always bring backup porn to my cell phone, just in case. Yeah. See, I get pictures sent to me on on Instagram, so I'm all good. Gross. Far from it. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. We can tell who the prude is here, can't we, Mike? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right, what do I got? stuff here. Alright, well if you guys are done with our prudish behavior, we can get started. Prudish behavior? What podcast yeah, I just got is a few this? Bites left, but by the time the intro is done, I should be uh, swallowing my chicken. Alright. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you want do you want to just chew on Mike? That might add to it. I can if you if you don't if you want me to. <sighs> no, that's alright. <laughs> I, I got I got Shane blowing smoke. <laughs> Directly into the podcast. Would you have it any other way? Tough shit if you didn't. Um, yeah. All right, let's get started here while Mike's still eating. Then we can talk shit about him, and there's nothing he can do about it when his mouth is full. Exactly. All right, everybody, welcome to All You Need Is Blood, episode number 91. Uh, for the oh, official. Pardon. <laughs> Oh, I'm not going to burp or fart during the podcast. I haven't farted yet. Give it time. <laughs> Shane, you have we didn't even get past the beginning of the <laughs> intro, and you've already broken down. Well, <laughs> it's the day of rest. My body is relaxed. <laughs> I'm drinking tea, and I ate slowly, so I won't be burping or farting. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey. <laughs> oh, God, that's great. <laughs> and we're back. 
So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where I said already. <laughs> We're the official <laughs> podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. I'm your host, Ryan Tudelo. Joining me and my co-host, Mike Whittemore, who is currently chewing food, and Shane Smith, who is burping directly into the microphone. Hello. <laughs> um, so, if you want to get a hold of the podcast, you can reach us on Gmail. All you need is blood pod at gmail.com the facebook group all you need is blood instagram account all you need is blood podcast and if you're listening to us it's on itunes google play soundcloud stitcher spotify just type in all you need is blood and subscribe review and rate the episodes and uh those are all the things that i was required by law to say law is it law the law of the podcast As in, that's like the first five lines of notes that I have in every <laughs> every segment of notes. So that's really funny because that's kind of like imprinted on me as well. Because every time people ask me about the podcast, I say, "Yeah, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and every other podcast like, streaming <laughs> service that you can find." And I'm like, "Shit, what am I doing? I'm plugging myself." <laughs> yeah, so I should just have you do that part from now on if you remember it. I don't even remember it. I have to look at it every time. No, it's only because I've listened to this podcast, like, well, I listened to you talking about it. It's kind of ingrained. <laughs> it's almost like I'm actually there. Kinda. That's freaky. I know. All right, Shane. Well, let's uh, let's start with you. We'll get the podcast rolling here. Uh, you've been getting into anything? Any uh, movies, uh, books? Music at all, really? No, no books. My eyesight is failing me badly, so I don't read at the moment until I get some new glasses. Um, but I've been watching movies. I've also been listening to music. Well, one album. Um, I picked up the new Marilyn Manson album last week, We Are Chaos. And for the um, old school fans of Marilyn Manson, you will be very pleasantly surprised because it is a return to form and it is his best album in 20 years. And as a fan of Marilyn Manson, and I have been since 1994, I could say this, hand on heart, it is his best album in 20 years. Um, Uh, I'm done. um, (laughs) There's Mike. Yeah, basically, he's collaborated with Shooter Jennings on this one. And uh, you think he's working with a country artist, what the fuck? but he's actually brought out the best in Manson songwriting. And this album, like, it just oozes, like, old-school Manson thrown in with a bit of glam rock and, like, some good industrial stuff. And I'm really, really impressed with it. I think it's his best album. There's ten ten tracks on it, and they are all good. There's not a bad song on it. Um... And I highly rate it. I actually give it a 10 out of 10 because it's... There's not many albums I do that with, but the Manson album, I'd give it a 10 out of 10. The single We Are Chaos is kind of like an anthem. For, it's it's an anthem in the sense that he wrote it before the pandemic, but the song is eerily about a pandemic, if you know what I mean. Um, it's well worth listening to. It's, it's a slow acoustic number, or starts off slow acoustic. And it's a complete departure to all the previous stuff that he's done. But it's a great, great album. It's a great song as well. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, I've also been listening to lots of old school Cult and Black Sabbath and 
like just going through my collection and listening to lots of albums I've not listened to for ages. So that's it was been really the cool. 50th anniversary of Paranoid the other day. It was, yeah, yeah. So that is that's old. <laughs> uh, Wait, did you say 50th? Yeah, yeah 1970, bro. Oh my god! Yep. Half a century. Four years before I was born. Fuck me, that song is older than me. How scary is that? That's, Holy shit. That's scary, dude. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and I'm fucking old. But yeah. Um, <coughs> Movie-wise, I watched Sputnik last week. Oh, how was that? Sputnik? Sputnik. It's the Russian sci-fi horror. It's, oh, right, right. Yeah, set in the 80s. It's actually not that bad. Um, it's kind of... Uh, it's basically... It starts off with... Um, astronauts in space or they're coming into coming into the earth's atmosphere and they black out somehow um but when they get uh when they get rescued it appears that like some kind of alien species as in has inhabited one of the astronauts um one has died on entry the other guy is still alive and basically this creature is co-inhabiting inside of him and they've got him in this um like science lab kind of thing they've got him in a cell and at a certain point every single night this creature exits his body and it goes kind of like scurries around sort of thing and it looks like can you remember in the film in um Oh, was it Prometheus? Can you remember at the beginning when they find like the eggs, or not the eggs, the little snake things? Yeah. Mm. The flaps. It's been a long, t- long time yeah. since I watched well, that. It kind of looks, they kind of look like that. It, or this creature look, kind of looks like that. And as it feeds, it grows and it gets bigger and bigger. But no matter how bigger it gets, how big it gets, it actually crawls back inside this guy's body so it's actually co-inhabiting with him and it's kind of like his conscious or it feels everything that he feels and you know all that kind of shit is really creepy um and obviously you've got this scientist in there who's trying to work out what the hell is wrong with him and how they can get this creature to survive without him and you know it's 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 a lot of fun it's it's kind of it's pretty gory in places, which I kind of liked because I do like a bit of gore, um, and it's very creepy as well. Um, obviously, it's all in Russian with English subs, um, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, well worth checking out. It's kind of lengthy. It's about it's just over two hours long. It's a little bit slow to start with, but once it gets going and it picks up pace, it's actually really good. So. Yeah, there was that. Um, I did watch Bill and Ted 3 face the music last week. Um, And yesterday, and a couple of days before that. Um, It's actually a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It will never, ever be as good as the first two Bill and Ted movies. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of good humour in there. There's some cheesy scenes. It gets really cheesy towards the end. But, you know, it's, it's a Bill and Ted movie. And it's there's got some it's got some quite entertaining cameos in it as well. Sweet. Yeah. So that was okay. Other than that, um, 
I've been buying a few Blu-rays. I finally got myself a copy of Prince of Darkness on Blu-ray, which I am very happy about. Um, what else have I picked up? I got the Blackheader collection on DVD. I can't remember if I mentioned that before, but I got that, and I've not bought anything else because um, I've been broke. And that's about it. Oh, and I made chicken stew for tea tonight, or for dinner. <laughs> chicken stew for dinner. Yeah, turned out all right. Nice. Awesome. Well, how about you, Mike? Are you getting into anything besides eating? <laughs> oh, not much. Um, I've been upped Tony Hawk Pro Skater's ass. That game is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And everybody needs to go out and buy it. And blast Superman by Goldfinger. <laughs> because I'm back, baby. The nostalgia hit. And that game is fucking awesome. Like, there's the achievements or trophies or whatever they have on PC. And, like, then you've got, like, in-game challenges you have to do. There's, like, platinum scores and all these, like, other things that you have to do. So, oh, man, there's... Well, like, like, uh, like it was in the old games, like, find all the gaps and, like, do stuff like that. Yeah, like, there's gaps. And every time you find all the gaps in something, you get a new board. And there's so many boards. There's so many, like characters and it's just it's awesome it's like expanded on every single level it's fantastic <clears throat> i also picked up the um super mario all-stars from nintendo oh, i i just got that. i was gonna say speaking of nostalgia yeah I just dude got that in like that nintendo is being really shitty with it though like they're only making yes. that for five months <laughs> so uh Amazon emailed me. They're like, yeah, it's going to be delayed. I'm like, fuck. So I rushed out to Target with Val, and I bought a physical copy after them being sold out of Best Buy. And uh, then I go to cancel my Amazon one, and it was like, oh, you can't cancel. I'm like, what? And then five minutes later, it's like, oh, your your order's been shipped. So now I've got two. Oh, my God. So I'm selling one to my buddy. But, uh, yeah, and then I pre-ordered the, the PS5, which was a fucking shit show. I st- yeah, I was gonna bring that up on the news. Yeah, man, all the the, the game stuff. Yeah, if you, I mean, we can kind of get into it later, but that I I stayed up to like two two thirty in the morning with Val refreshing pages, and it was a nightmare. Um, yeah, but other than that, I was reading the stand, but I hopefully have my uh, boiler test next month, so I paused that, and I'm just learning about <laughs> boilers, and I hopefully don't lose my spot with the stand. Um, so yeah, I've just been I've been working out the past six weeks. I've lost almost twenty pounds. Holy shit! Yeah, uh, going back. I went back on keto. Went back on fasting. So I've just been trying to get healthier. So I'm not just sitting around for <coughs> hours, just doing nothing all day every day. So I'm trying to stimulate my body and mind, and watching a lot of porn. Yeah, we're off course. Hey, who back on porn. <laughs> Yeah, that's about it, though. Awesome. Uh, let's see myself lately. Um, I watched the first two seasons of Cobra Kai. I hear that's great. It it okay. I was one of those people that like when it first got came out on YouTube Red or whatever, and it was like, oh, sign up for YouTube Red. I'm like, yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm not <laughs> signing up for a, a fucking streaming, a pay streaming platform for one show. 
And I wasn't even, like, that interested in it. I'm like, whatever. The Karate Kid was fine. Like, I liked it. You know, it, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, it was the best movie ever. So my brother was talking about Cobra Kai. He started watching. He's like, dude, you have to watch it. It's great. It's great. I'm like, all right, we'll give it a shot. So I watched, like, the first two episodes. Boom. Instantly hooked. This show is ten times better than any Karate Kid movie that's come out. It is so fucking good. It's on like, Netflix now. Yeah, it's Netflix. The first two seasons, the third one's coming out soon, I guess. I didn't really look up when it's happening, but... Um, yeah, it's really, really good. So I completely recommend it. It's got Ralph Macchio and uh, William Zabka reprised their roles from The Karate Kid. Uh, it sort of goes back and forth between the two as uh, Johnny Lawrence reopens the Cobra Kai dojo to start teaching in a new generation of kids. And, like, sort of the main part of the show is that all the characters, like, nobody's black and white, like, this is a bad guy, this is a good guy. Like, you, your allegiance, like, bounces back and forth between, like, who's being a dickhead today and who's being a dickhead the other day. And everybody's character is, like, complex, but still, it's really funny and has, like, I don't know, just a lot of great scenes that are in it. 80s flashbacks, they flash back to the movies a lot, but there's, like, there's a montage pretty much in every episode of, like, anything. It'll be, like, a montage of, like, whatever, cleaning up a yard, and then it'll be a montage of, like, people fighting or, or practicing karate, and then it'll be, like, a montage of, like, picking out outfits. Like, it's fucking nonsense, but it's so much fun. Great, great 80s flashback show, and I uh, can't wait for another season of it. Sweet. So... And, and actually, you know, some of the, the karate and stuff that's in it is not too bad. I mean, you know, you're not going to get, like, the raid or something as amazing as that. But it's, for being a TV show, like, compared to something like, uh, I guess I'd say compared to, like, Daredevil, it's probably better than Daredevil in terms of the fighting. Holy cow. Which, actually, which is pretty good. You know, I actually introduced my buddy Adam to the raid yesterday. He'd never seen it before. Oh yeah, well the raid is amazing. That's yeah. that you're not getting better than that. No. So yeah, um let's see. Uh comic wise, I finished the entire series of the boys um in preparation for the new season on uh, Amazon, which I have not watched yet. And the comics are fucking awesome. They're just it everything is tongue in cheek. Everything is a stab at like the sort of superhero genre. They make fun of pretty much every trope in it. It's super violent. There's nudity and sex, swearing. I don't know. It's just a great, yeah. I've great been comic I've been run. sleeping on the show too. So I, but I hear really good things. Yeah, season one is really good. I can't wait for season two. They they don't follow the comics very closely. So oh okay. You could pretty much read the comics and not have the show spoiled because like shit that happened in the comics is already not definitely not going to happen in the show. So I'm like, all right, they're not going on the same path here. So yeah, I'm not a major fan of Carl Urban's English accent. I will say. <laughs> no, you don't think it's good enough? No. See, because he's Australian, it's just, it's mm. just he just breaks that character and he's like sounds Australian in several several instances and i'm like mm, not convinced but overall i saw i watched season one of the boys and i thought it was fucking fantastic absolutely yeah. hilarious had me rolling in stitches it was great yeah so after i finished reading that comic i moved on to my next run that i've been like putting off for a while because i'll go like i i use a comicsology which is just a digital comics 
app and um, they'll have these big sales and I'll go in and I'll buy a bunch of shit on the sales and like eventually get to reading them. So I finally got around to starting Hellblazer, uh, the John Constantine comics from like 1988. Cool. And all, oh my God, Shane, they are so fucking good. Yeah. It's, oh, it, it's, it's so just in your face sarcastic asshole like Constantine's taking down vampires Christians demons just conservatives like <laughs> there's a big anti-Margaret Thatcher theme going in the book fuck yeah <laughs> oh, but it's all you know and it's all you know British 80s politics yeah. and it's fucking it's so interesting to like go back and read something like this see the guy who, um, the guy who wrote those comics who is very anti-fascist anti-conservative um you know, in life. So obviously he had to create a character that was going to um, encapsulate that. And I thought he'd done a fantastic job. Where the movie oh, itself, yeah. with Keanu Reeves, is okay, but I wouldn't go out of my way to say it's the best film or best comic adaptation I've ever seen. No, it's, it's good. I like that one. And actually I was reading up on <clears throat> like some of the Wikipedia and stuff. Apparently, there's a couple Constantine novels yeah. that um, you know take the character and they go into a little more depth. And in one of the novels, he talks about like alternate dimensions and stuff, and how there's a version of John Constantine that lives in Los Angeles and has lung cancer. I'm like, oh, that's the Keanu Reeves. Yeah, <laughs> but because um, I think in in the comics he does have, I think he does have lung cancer or something, and I think that's how. He became the way he is. Um, I think it was something to do with he made a bargain with somebody and they stopped the cancer or something, and that's how he is now. Yeah, there's. Yeah. I'm sure there's a bunch of different backgrounds and stuff. A, a lot of the comics has to do with him um, sort of dealing with choices he's made in the past yeah. that led to like his friends dying and stuff. So... No, it's great, great series so far. I don't know how far I'm in. I'm probably like 15 or 20 issues in, but it's good. Yeah, you got plenty to read through. Oh, dude, yeah. There's over 300 comics. Yeah. I don't have them all. I, I've got like I bought like you know some collections. So yeah, and what worth reading? I haven't read them for years, but because uh, I used to hang out. Um, well, I still see my buddy Sam every now and again, but we used to go and buy lots of the comics um like neil gaiman interpretations like death time of your life and all that sort of stuff and he used to buy the hellblazer and stuff like that and we'd swap comics and read that's how we got to read preacher all the like this is like 20 years 20 years ago so we read like preacher and walking dead when it first came out and all of that kind of stuff um so i'm, I'm well versed in them but Memory is a little bit hazy about the contents of them, you know. Oh, sure. But um, I did a lot of drugs, you know. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> Memory's a touch hazy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, um, I mean, a lot of those comics were brilliant to read. They were really good fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, it's well worth, they are well worth reading. Yeah. <clears throat> So that's pretty much what I've been getting up to. Other than I have been gathering my movies to watch for uh, uh, our upcoming October, you know, run at the 31 Days of Horror. So I'm getting pumped for that. Now, I haven't done anything yet. I'm going to leave it until possibly the last minute. Or what I might do, I might just wing it and watch one or two as the days and then choose them as each day goes. Yeah. Because I've not been posting much on Facebook lately. 
and um, because I fucking hate Facebook. But I agree. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, but um, what I might do is I might post them on Instagram, and then just like post as and when I watch them. We'll see, because I mean I've done lists before, and I didn't stick to the list. In fact, it's like, oh, I'm watching this one again. Oh, I'm watching that one. And I just I just like the idea of just going off the cuff and watching something that's going to be entertaining. I mean, I know for yeah. a fact, full well, it's without a shadow of a doubt, I am definitely having a John Carpenter fest at some point throughout October, or I might even space it out over a few days. And I know for a fact, as always, I will watch Halloween I will always watch Dead Set um, during October because you know it's it's for me it's like the anniversary because it's twelve years since Dead Set was released, and I watch it every year. Um, and then obviously there's the standards you've got Trick or Treat and then you've got Trick or Treat and you know <laughs> Doomsday and like Dog Soldiers and there'd be like obviously I'll watch the It movies or probably watch a few Stephen King films as well but it's all in, it's all down to what mood I'm in and because I don't watch TV anymore because um, I stopped watching TV months ago um, I don't even turn the TV on I don't even have it on in the background I just I watch what I want to watch and what I'm in the mood for. So I'm not going to turn around and say, I'm going to have a list. I'm going to have a complete list of what I'm going to watch and go by that list. I'll just be happy watching what I'm in the mood for. And there may be, may even be some nights where I'm like, no, I'm not in the mood for watching anything. And I might not watch anything, but it's, it's just, uh, how I feel at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I plan on trying to watch at least one thing a day. Um, yeah, I'll probably I'll, be, I'll, I'll probably do it on Instagram. I'll be putting them up there. But yeah, uh, but yeah, on the UHM message board, I'll be keeping up with Mike's. Uh, Mike made a, um, a thread about that on there for people to sort of post their list as they go. Yeah, I think um, I might post the occasional ones on Facebook, but I'm just not. I'm just fucking hating Facebook at the moment. I really do. <laughs> yeah, well, it's... I mean, if anyone's interested in the uh, the, the uh, forum contest we usually do so like it all started like way back when with ryan he like did the thing oh i don't think the october one started with me i think it did because woodenheart uh she asked you for like I don't know. This was going back like 10 years now that we've been yeah, doing it. Yeah, I know. It. So I have like this. <laughs> hey, let's all remember an internet thread from 10 years ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so long story short, I've been doing it for 10 years. And usually everyone just writes down their uh, horror movies they've watched throughout the month. Like they don't even like necessarily have to be horror movies. Like as long as you're like celebrating Halloween, it's pretty neat. And like last year or the year before, Frightmaster, he or Mike Wilbur, who's on here. Um, he like did a thing where it's like a little contest to see who could watch the most. And he like posts like the winners and shit and it's, you don't win anything. Um, but, <laughs> Oh, you win. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of biggest cool. nerd. Yep. I mean, I think the, the forum user, uh, necromancer, he did, I think, or big fat ogre. He did like 178 movies last year. Just in October. And that's fucking crazy. 
Um, That's insane. Yeah. So, well, since I'm not working, I'm gonna try to to, to do a there lot. But I don't know <laughs> if you know. I don't know if I have the patience to to watch that many. But if anyone's you know wants to join in, you just got to go on the forum. You just got to track uh, your movie somehow. Like I use IMDb. I have for my 365 days of horror. I track all the movies that I watch, um, and then you could put it on the the forum. There's a, a thread on there, so it's pretty cool. Like the more the merrier. It's cool to see what people are watching and shit. So yeah, and if you don't use that, I mean, I don't know. You could always tag us on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. So well, maybe not Facebook. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, that should be good though I'm, I'm really looking forward to it so i didn't i didn't really i used to be i like like to, uh, my brain is not even working all these words are coming yeah out of my mouth i don't know what and, the hell you're saying dude <laughs> i don't even know what i just went through okay what i was trying to say is normally i make uh categories and i'll try to do like categories either for a whole week i'll do one thing or every monday i'll do something um, this time I sort of split it up into only two categories. Oh. Uh, movies I can watch with Elisa and then everything else. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got my selection of uh, of films I can watch with her, and those are going to be the quote-unquote primetime watches. You know, What are the ones that you uh, can't watch with her? Oh, like, you know, just cockamamie splatter fests <laughs> and stuff she's like... Last uh, one of the movies I watched for this uh, this recording, uh, Metamorphosis. That would not be a movie I would wa- she would want to watch with me. And in fact, she didn't. She sat there and I tried like making funny commentary during the movie, and she's like, "I'm just letting you know, I'm not paying attention to this. Mm-hmm. So don't even." At least she's honest. <laughs> yeah. So I tried to pick movies that I'm like, "Oh, Lisa will watch this," you know. Oh, I should put Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah, that's there. that's every year I watch oh, Ernest Scared Stupid. Good. I love Ernest Scared Stupid. For ah, me though, I'm gonna do it. a daily uh, thing. Like, I'm gonna celebrate like werewolves or vampires or zombies, which I probably will leave to the very end because I fucking hate zombie movies now. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to do something each day, and but not like list out movies I'm gonna watch. So I'm just like kind of go from a little like subgenre thing. We'll see yeah, that. Yeah, and I I did that too for I think one year or two years I did that, and that's fun. Then you get to plow through stuff. The other thing I like to do is grab movies I have not watched a million times. So I sort of went through my pile, and I've got a stack that I'm like, okay, I have to watch these this October. But we'll see how that goes. I mean, I always have to watch Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I have to. It's just, it's one of my go-tos during Halloween. And as a backup porn, or oh no, just porn. <laughs> yeah, standard. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that was disgusting. <laughs> that sounded rough. I'm not gonna lie, Mike. That one went a little too deep. Yeah, it gurgled <laughs> at the I end, think, dude. I think something else came back up with it. <laughs> Sounded like it came from the diaphragm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, I got good news and bad news. The good news, or the bad news is, uh, I didn't even play an intro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can play it now. Came in. Yeah, I'm not going to. <laughs> Well, but just, I did remember. Just, I did remember that it's time for news. Uh-oh. I barely heard that. 
Yeah, that was really low. Okay, so I adjusted the volume of that. Now it's too low, you're telling me. Oh, yeah, you could barely hear it. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I was dicking around with the thing, and it kept sounding loud to me on my end. So I fucking adjusted the volume so that it would play it lower out, and now you're telling me it's too low. Yep. Son of a bitch. Well, we'll have to see what happens on the record. Four ninety nine just doesn't cut it anymore, does it? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see some news here. Um, so I sent you guys a trailer. Oh, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> I did not even watch it. I told oh, you didn't yeah. watch it. Do you know what? I watched that trailer. Go on, carry on. Just carry on. Okay, so I sent you guys a trailer for. Uh, the Tomb, Devil's Revenge, starring William Shatner, and it looks so cockamamie. At one point during the trailer, I'm pretty sure I watched William Shatner fire a grenade launcher at demons. <laughs> and this is like, this is like 90-year-old William yeah, Shatner. How old is he? It, he looks fantastic in this. Oh, well, he's outlived pretty much everybody from the original Star Trek cast, apart from fucking George Takei. Yeah, I think it's him and George Takei. That's all that's left. I guess when you kill your wife, you really you just suck. <laughs> <it up. laughs> Probably sac- allegedly. Uh, allegedly, sac- sacrificed her for sacrificed her for her blood. So this movie comes out September 14th, uh, which according to my calendar was a few days ago. Yeah, that was six days ago, Mike. <laughs> so... um, Ryan. <laughs> I just looked at it. It is on Amazon. So if you want to rent it from Amazon, it's up there. So I don't know if I'll be renting this. Maybe I'll save it for October. Maybe uh, maybe something good will happen or it'll make it onto uh, one of those streaming services. Maybe you can tell us all how bad it actually is. Oh, it, it, I don't know. It, it's got... there's practical effects in it there's explosions and, there's william shatner and it has there's like jerry ryan in it as well i don't know who that is oh man she played seven of nine in fucking star oh, trek jerry ryan that one okay i was thinking the guy i'm like i don't know who this guy uh-huh. is so if anyone is interested in this it's also called the devil's revenge and it supposedly yeah. came out october 1st of 2019 <laughs> so and it's got a 2.8 <laughs> on imdb Ooh. oh no <laughs> Oh, great trailer though! <laughs> you got to look at the uh, the cover for it because William Shatner has a shotgun and there's a demon in the background. It looks like he's from Doom. Actually, looks like when I watch that trailer, it looks like one of the demons from the film Demons Two. It just does look like something, but I like how he's smiling in that cover though. <laughs> Like, he's got this smirk on his face. So, look at me, I'm in a horror movie. Hurrah! Welcome to hell. Alright, I'm gonna watch that. So, in other news, um, uh, Henry Cavill is rumored to possibly have signed another three-movie deal to play Superman again. Really? Really? Yeah. So, he might be back. I like Henry Cavill. I do too. I think he is pretty awesome in nearly everything that he's in. And I think he should get a shot at making a decent Superman movie. Uh oh, Shane's dog's on the loose. <laughs> this one time it's not my dog. Yeah, I was just going to ask if that's not my dog. 
<laughs> As my neighbour's dog. I've got the door open for Ziggy, but Ziggy's dinner is on the table, you know, always is. And he's nowhere to be seen. He's probably asleep. Son of a bitch. I'm not really bothered because he's not making any noise. So that's yeah. all good. Where the last couple of days, um, I think, actually, this is really funny. One of my neighbours yesterday was smoking weed on the balcony. And Ziggy was being incredibly friendly towards them while he was smoking this weed. And then he came in and he just looked at me. Tail was up in the air. His eyes looking like piss holes in the snow and looking really, really chilled. And I think my cat may have discovered weed. <laughs> well, marijuana is not good for animals. I do know that. No, but I think for him, it was obviously his first time. So he, <laughs> for him. Yeah, for him. So you're saying he's experimenting is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, he's at that teenage experimentation phase. Yes, okay. Yeah, as long as he doesn't come walking in with a fucking rolled up fiver in his nostril, I'll be fine, you know. Are you going to have to explain to him that this is your brain on drugs and, like, smash an egg? Yeah. I think I might have to. Yeah, you should but, film that and send it to us. Yeah, but he, like, he came in, he literally walked in the door and just had this... I can only describe it as a smile on his face. Then walked straight into the bedroom and jumped on the bed and fell asleep for five hours. <laughs> and then he woke up, obviously with a ravenous case of the munchies, and wiped out his entire food bowl. And then went back to sleep. So, yeah. So, what the fuck was that? Sorry, I stretched and I got lightheaded and I almost shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other news, I thought that was your, uh, your. This is my cum face, you know. But oh god, how's he backup horn? <laughs> uh, Blade: The Iron Cross, a Puppet Master spinoff, will hit DVD and Blu-ray on November tenth. And, uh, yeah, this is a For film that ig it ignores exactly. the fantastic semi-reboot Littlest Reich and returns to the original Puppet Master timeline <coughs> in another of an infinite series of prequels. It's another prequel? Yes. Are you kidding me? They've cool. made, like, five straight prequels. Yes, and three it, of them, it, it, like, take place in the 40s. <laughs> like, why? Yes. So, so all those, like, there's Axis of Evil and Rise of Axis and I forget, whatever the other ones are. So, like, this is directly following that. Oh, my God. And what's insane, I, so I, I went onto uh, Puppet Master Wiki on Wikipedia to yeah. just, I wanted to, like, see the list of movies. And they have them organized by, um, by storyline, like, when the story takes place. And, like, there's eight movies until you get to Puppet Master 1. That's ridiculous. I don't even like the Jeez. first Puppet Master. <laughs> I really don't. I think it's, like, uh, Full Moon is really hit or miss with me. And that just, a oh man, I don't know. Like, my favorite Puppet Master is probably Littlest Reich. It was probably, it was definitely the most fun. I can say that for sure. I don't think I've ever seen a Puppet Master movie. And I'm kind of glad I haven't. There was one point okay, where I watched all of them, and I couldn't even tell you what happened. See, I haven't even done that. Like, I tried doing that once. I got to, like, four or five, 
and I I just basically gave up. I was like, I, I don't know why I'm doing I this. I think number six terrible. is like pure flashback. Like five or oh, six. That's, right, that's the one where it's a clip show yeah. for a movie. Yeah. That's it's awful when they do that in T V series. <laughs> they do it they do a clip show episode when it's a movie. What the yeah, fuck? They are had you like doing? an hour and twenty minutes of clips and then the last fifteen minutes was like new footage. I'm like, why am I watching this? Good God. So, I'm uh, really looking forward to that coming out. <laughs> I'm sure you are, Owen. <laughs> yep. I'll send you I'll send you a copy, Shane. Please don't. <laughs> Do you know, I'd love to sit there in your DV in your movie room just one day and just like look at all your movies and say that's good. That's good. Like one in five movies that you own is probably good. Oh, if if you think the ratio is as high as one in five, I got bad news for you, dude. One in twenty, it's, then. <laughs> that's more like it. <laughs> so I was talking to somebody. They were like, "Oh, you guys." He, he was talking about building up his uh, DVD collection and whatnot, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm starting to build it back up, and I'm gonna get all these things. I'm gonna get all these movies that I like." He goes, "So well, how many movies do you have?" And I'm like, "Well, let me see." And I open up my app, and I'm like, "Uh, looks like four thousand nine hundred and something." And he goes, "Holy shit!" How, how many of those are good? I'm like, I don't know, like a hundred? <laughs> so if you were to sell off all your really shit movies, do you think you'd make a fair few bucks on that? Oh, no, there's definitely losing money on this whole operation. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've got like these like rare European released, like, you know, fancy box movies, and it's just the worst movie you can imagine. I have a, I have a big box of Full Moon's shrinking heads, shrunken heads, about a uh, witch doctor that shrinks a bunch of teenage punks' heads, and the heads fly around and go on to get vengeance on <laughs> bad people or something. And it's like, if you look at the box, it's gorgeous. It's this beautiful European-German big box. <laughs> oh, I don't even know why I own it. But yeah, I've got a, a lot of really dumb shit like that that costs way more money than it's worth. Yeah, but you also have some nice rarities as well. There's a couple doozies in there that are good. Yeah. But for the for the most part, I mean, it's pretty much just junk. A lot of my collection I get from going to like used stores at like buy one get two free sales and just rolling out of there with a <clears> stack <throat> of movies. If it's any consolation, I still regret sending you that Blu-ray of Evil Dead too. Yeah, yeah, I'm keeping that. Bitch. Yeah, I feel like when I buy a house and I get like a movie room, it's just going to be filled with just bullshit because I go to disc replay a lot in half price books and they've always got the biggest horror sections and they're all like one or two bucks. And I'm like, I'm going to buy all of these. (laughs) That's what happens. Yep. Yeah, there's like a few used game stores that do like DVD trade-ins and stuff, and they they they're just trying to unload all these movies for next to nothing. Like I said, buy one get two free, like all these crazy deals. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's time to restock. But now I am out of space. I I cannot fit more movies in. I've started my next phase of the project, which will hang movies from the ceiling, just because I'm out of space. Maybe it's time you sold some. Or I sold the house and got a bigger room. You could there do you that. go. All just for t- storing bad movies. See, I don't know about you, but like I gotta have all my things in the same area. Like I'll see people with their their records, like mixed with 
uh, like in different rooms and like their CDs are stacked in different CD like spots. And I get that not everybody has the same place, but it would kill me if I had my Blu-rays and DVDs and in, in like a different room from the others. Like they all have to be in one room for me. Yeah, no, I get yeah. that. I get that entirely. But in my situation and in my defense, I actually stopped my family members from coming to my property because every time they came round, I would always have DVDs, CDs, or vinyl go missing. So I stopped them coming round, and the more valuable vinyl that I have, I keep in another room. All the basic DVDs and Blu-rays, and some of the basic older vinyl that I've got, I keep in the front room. All the rarities I keep in the other room, out of the way, so no one can see where they are. Yeah, I kind of do that, but I do separate, like, my media. Like, all my movies go into the movie room, but, like, say, video games, I've got, like, uh, a closet that has, like, Nintendo and Super Nintendo and all that stuff kind of stacked up. And then, I don't know, downstairs somewhere is where, like, excuse me, my Xbox games are, my original Xbox games. You know, they're all in a different Mm -hmm. area. But it's because, like, I I don't know, how often am I going to go over and be like, oh, I I really want to play... Uh, I don't even know what's an Xbox game. The original Halo, not remastered. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm not gonna grab yeah, that. Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't. I I do tend to keep like you know I have to have obviously all my Nintendo games have to be together in one spot, but that spot can move from place to place. So I don't know. That's the way I do it. I can't fit all that shit in one room. There's just not enough space. Or at least that's what Elisa tells me on that. Oh, well, you got to kick her out. Sounds like. Mm compromises <laughs> she gave the biggest room in the house to the dogs i should use that for my movie give her the I garage agree. the garage yeah give her the garage yeah, right? that's a big space right <laughs> we're not using the basement for anything there you go oh uh, all right cave. speaking of video games mike did you want to go into a little bit of the uh the sony and xbox news that came out in the past week or so sure so, because you you know way more about this than I do. You've actually been following. You guys do that. I'll be right back. He's gonna go. Play. Um. So, so if you're unfamiliar or you just want to know about the whole PlayStation Five debacle, um, for the last few weeks. Oh, see, I'm not like a huge PlayStation Five guy. I pre-ordered one because I just I ha- I'm a lunatic. I have to have like the newest things at all times. Um. But yeah, so the PS5, they were gonna do. Sony was gonna do a showcase, and I think they did the showcase like last week, sometime like Wednesday or Thursday. And they, everyone, kind of assumed that they were going to uh, show the price and the spec, the full like everything about PlayStation Five. Because still, up until last Wednesday, it was rumored to be coming out in two months, and no one knew the price, no one knew the exact release date, no one knew the pre-orders, anything. So uh, Sony did their showcase, and they always promised, they're like, when we do pre-orders, we're going to give everyone plenty of time so they know where they're going to... He was taking Yeah, he was. So so they're going to give everyone enough time to pre-order from your retailer. So Sony does their showcase, and Sony's like, yeah, pre-orders go live tomorrow on your uh, favorite retailer. So in Ireland... A GameStop or a Game Shop was like, you know what? We're going to do the pre-orders now. 
So then Walmart got wind of that in the States and Walmart updated or sent out a tweet and they were like trying to be all cool. Well, like Walmart's trying to be cool. They're like, yeah, you know us. We're not going to let you wait till tomorrow. Pre-order start now. And this was like three hours after the showcase. So a lot of people saw the showcase and they went to bed and they thought, you know, tomorrow I'm going to get my 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 uh, PlayStation 5, whatever. So Walmart opened up their stores like a couple hours later. Uh, so Best Buy saw that they did. So they did theirs, which is understandable. And then Target did theirs, which is also understandable. So then um, Amazon sent had these like backwards links that the... Um, the guy from like the video game awards, like he's like, Hey, I got a couple Amazon links. If you want to pre-order your PS five, all the PS fives, like everywhere were sold out by 10 30 that night. It was a nightmare. So I didn't get wind of that. So Val and I are, she's at her house. I'm at mine. And I'm just like refreshing Amazon. Just waiting to see. There's still no, not even a page up for it yet. So around 11 PM, my time, so around 11 p.m. my time, like they finally updated the the page, and it's like they show the page. I'm like, okay, so that means they're gonna launch it soon. Midnight comes, 12:30 comes, 1 a.m. comes. There's still nothing, still nothing, still nothing. Eventually, uh, um, Helkin Loco, that's his name on the forum, but his name's Hawk. He Facebooked me, and he was like, "Hey, try Best Buy," and I'm like, okay. So I secured mine through Best Buy online, like mobile, like online crashed completely. So I had to go through the mobile site and I pre-ordered a PS5 that way. But uh, Val also did it. Um, and she had hers in her cart, but it kept kicking her out and going back to like the main thing. It was a nightmare for so many people. And eventually yesterday or the day before, Val's got canceled. So she's all super. Set. Yeah, because PlayStation's her console. It's like Xbox is mine. So she, you know, they they showed the remake of Demon Souls and the new Resident Evil oh my 8, God. and it looks that... beautiful. Looks yeah, so. I want to say that that Demon Souls remake, Mike. I was like, when I first heard they were other oh, they're whatever HDing Demon Souls. I'm like, ah, who gives a shit? Like, I'm I don't really care. I saw that fucking footage, and I'm like, holy fuck, this looks amazing. Yeah, it looks better than like. A new from software game. Yeah, and it's like it's one of the only trailers that they showed that actually looked like a like a quote unquote next gen game because it looked gorgeous. Yeah. Like Spider Man looks cool. It, it looks to me like another Spider Man game. Like it, nothing really sold me with that. Um, but everything else was just like kind of released. Um, they announced Final Fantasy sixteen. Val's got the hugest boner for that. There we go. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was the whole shit show with that. Meanwhile, Xbox is doing their pre-orders on Tuesday, the September 22nd, which if you're listening to this, that's been weeks ago. Um, <laughs> you're going to be real embarrassed when I post this. Yeah, up right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, they're promising that you know, pre-orders are going to be at 10 a.m. on Tuesday, and they're throwing all the shade to Sony. And the, the absolute worst part is, the, the, the worst part is that Sony had a thing up on their website saying to our, like, most loyal customers, you put your email in where you're going to get notified before pre-orders go live. 
none of those people got emails. And if they did, they wow. were on the 17th, the day after. I saw like literally hundreds or thousands of people on Reddit complaining because one of the guys I felt super bad for, he's from Germany, he said. And he said that he's like, yeah, I've been unable to sleep the last two weeks. He's like, I'm super excited. It's the only thing I've been looking forward oh. to. And he w woke up and they're all sold out. So it's like now Sony's promising more stock for the next few days. But, man, it's just a real clusterfuck. So that's the whole story with that. Wow. What a fucking mess. Uh, I'm glad I decided to wait for the PS5 Slim to come out <laughs> in, in like three years or whatever. Well, a lot of people are saying that due to COVID and everything, they're not making as many. So if you don't get a PS5 now... You're waiting until, like, February, March, April. Yeah, that's right. I got time. Yeah. They, announced, they announced that Demon Souls game is going to PC, so I'll get that one. And then every other PS5 game, I'll just have to uh, wait that's to get Spider-Man, I guess. I don't think that is going to PC. There was, a, yeah. there was a thing on the trailer that said it's going to go on PC, but I believe they said that was an error. What? It said, uh, it said console-exclusive PS5 for a limited time. And then it said, also coming to PC. Yeah. So the trailer was wrong. Yeah, they said that was an error. Motherfuckers. Well, that means they definitely made it, and it is going to PC, but they're going to delay it. Yeah, it's now retracted PC launch. Well, Sony could still eat a dick. I'm not buying your shitty-ass console. <laughs> Final Fantasy 16 also said PC, but it's but that and Demon's Souls is not coming to PC, they said, which is retarded. Well, maybe it's not coming out at all, since their trailer's fake. <laughs> it's fake. <laughs> fucking assholes. All right. Well, that's our Sony news. Shane, what are we doing here? Are we, uh... Starting a fire. Yeah. I'm setting fire to myself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a, um, what's that called? A bow and, uh, when they use the bow and the stick. Yeah. To spin it to start the fire. <laughs> That'll be quieter, at least. <laughs> well, beg my bloody pardon. Maybe we <clears throat> should start our topic an hour into the episode now, huh? Yeah, that's a good idea. People love hearing dumb shit <laughs> for an entire hour. Absolutely nobody skips ahead <laughs> to the topic. Of course not. I mean, we're 58 minutes and 36 seconds into the episode so far, so we're done all right. All right, let's get started. Uh... Also, your timeline's messed up, Shane, because I cut stuff out all the time. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <sighs> Mad scientists, boys. Um, we decided to do this because that was the first thing that came out of my mouth. <laughs> you mean we debated it long, we did our oh, research, you know? We had this planned for weeks. Yeah, 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 like last minute. What are we doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, let's do mad scientists. Okay, then. I'm sat there in the dark thinking to myself, oh, shit, now what movies do I have that have got mad scientists in them? Yeah. And I, it I turns out ton. not a lot. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I had, I had so many. I had to cut them out. There's, a, like, uh, some of my favorites of all time. Obviously, they're all played by Jeffrey Combs because he's the best mad scientist of all time. See, you know, I mean, we could have said, let's do Reanimator again. No, we've already done that. <laughs> sure. But... And from beyond, obviously, same thing. Yeah. 
Uh, he was also the mad scientist in Hammerhead, where he transforms his own son into a hammerhead shark. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's a that's a big recommend on yeah, that I'm one. Sure. <laughs> I believe that premiered on the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sure he was so yeah. down to make that though. He always seems like such the nicest guy. <laughs> he's so genuine yeah. in every performance too. Like he just gives it. He's like, oh yeah, I definitely decided to turn my son into a shark. It was because his son had cancer, I think. And sharks don't get cancer, so he transformed his son into a shark. I saw him recently in a movie called Motivational Growth, and he was the voice of a piece of mold next to a sink in the bathroom. Mm. It was actually really good. Did I send that to you, Shane? I think I did at one point. Motivational Growth. I can't remember. It's really good. It's about a a dude who's like secluded in his own apartment and he kind of goes insane and he hears a piece of mold next to the sink talking to him and it's Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> nice. He was also in the live action Guyver movie. Who could forget? Where he... Oh yeah, he played a scientist and in that one, as opposed to his normal scientist, uh, Dr. Herbert West, he played Dr. East. <laughs> Love it. It's a, big, it's a big stretch for him on that one. You're playing a doctor, we're changing your name to East. So as not to get yeah, confused right. with the other film. Oh, and yeah, I almost forgot he's also in the House of the uh, House on Haunted Hill remake. Yeah, he was good as, in that. As a yeah, and he was in the sequel to that remake too. Of course, yeah, not for long though. I mind, yeah, admittedly, I only watched that sequel once, and it was fucking awful. So yeah, same. Yeah, I was just like, no, not again. <laughs> but we got plenty of other. Uh, mad scientists to go over in mad scientist movies. Who wants to start? I'll start. There's a first. All right, Shane. What do There's you got? a first. Um, I've got The Fly, the 1958 original, starring Ooh. starring David Hedison as Andre Delambre, Patricia Owens, Vincent Price, Herbert Marshall, Kathleen Freeman, Betty Lou Gerson, and Charles Herbert. And the original was written. By James Clavell, he did the screenplay, and George uh, Langelan um, wrote the story. Um, basically, the synopsis for it is, after her husband, Andre Delambre, is crushed to death in a mechanical press, his wife recounts to his brother, Francois Delambre, and police inspector Charas, the events of the previous few months. They were very much in love with their little boy, a very happy family. Andre was experimenting with teleportation, transporting objects from one room to another by breaking the object down to the atomic level and then reassembling it in a receiver a distance away. The system has some glitches. It seems to work with inanimate objects, but his cat disappeared when he tried teleporting it. He thinks he solved all the problems with his invention and decides to try and teleport himself. When a fly enters the teleportation device with him, disaster strikes. This film, I remember watching it once a few years ago. And all I can say, for the time, the special effects, obviously there were practical effects and the camera trickery and all of that was really quite cool for its time and it was definitely one of those films that people watched and were terrified by um 
and I guess some people must have thought, oh my God, it's hideous, you know. But the one thing that cracked me up in the entire movie is the fly wearing a suit the entire <laughs> just, That's funny. Yeah, he just wore a suit the entire time in the film. He's got the great big bug face and he's wearing a three piece suit. He's like and his hands all covered in fairy bits and like his little pincers and all that kind of stuff. And it was just cheesy as fuck. And it is kind of funny. Bearing in mind that the film itself is an hour and thirty four minutes. Um has a seven point one on on IMDb, it's just really quite cheese tastic. It's just, I mean, it looks dated. Let's face it, it looks really dated. Um, but it was just, it was just a film you had to say you've watched, and I can understand why it was remade because the story for it was pretty basic and it was very, I guess you could say it was almost like a like dreamy too many beauty shots on the on the actresses in the film because they did that a lot back in the 50s it's like you had to have the soft focus and the harsh focus on the male actors but i mean the story itself is just brilliant it's a brilliant story um it's like the way they describe it how he disappears or how he reappears and he's like look at me i've got the aspects of a fly and you know, I can do this and I can do that. And oh dear, the cat has disappeared. And you know, I can move stuff from room to room, blah de blah. But it's funny more than anything because you look at the effects now and it's just fucking laughable. The ending shot, I think, especially when when they show what's become of the doctor, yeah, himself. I mean, that's that's just hilarious. Yeah, I think. The thing is, with this movie, it's hilarious. It's hilariously bad, but the story is really good. If you see what I mean, it's just sure. yeah. That's what I think. That's what I think of this movie. It's just it's just comedy gold. Really, you watch it and you think, oh yeah, this film is so bad, but then it's laughable. And again, it goes to the like panning in on the screams with a woman holding her hands up to her face going, oh my god, and like the rushes into the, the fly's face and you get the you get the close up shocking look of the fly and the woman screaming kind of oh, it's just so cheesy, it's funny mm. yeah, I actually like this one I think especially Vincent Price in this yeah. is, I mean Anything with Vincent Price is perfection. He's fucking great in every movie he's in. And uh, he really stands out in this one um, just because he's such a presence. Like he's got his, his, his own character, like, outshines everyone else's character in the movie. Well, it's Vincent Price. I mean, he's an amazing actor. He was an amazing actor. And he was just brilliant at what he did. Yeah. So how mad would you say is the scientist in this movie? Show? I would say I'd give him a three. Three on the madness yeah, scale? Yeah, three, three madness. Yeah, he's not quite, not as insane as some people think, but he's definitely um, a touch mental. Mm. Yeah, this is a good one. Mike, you watched this before, Yeah, right? I, I actually really love this movie. Um, 
I think it's directed really well. The acting is phenomenal. Um, it does a good job of showing what the sciences was like before he got transformed into the fly. Like he, him and his wife love animals and everything. And, you know, he's like, seems like the nicest guy in the world. And then after he transforms into the fly, he's got that cover over his face. I love the, the tension in the movie too. Like when, you know, she's trying to communicate with her husband who now can't speak, you know, he just like hits his hand against the, the table, which was really effective um, I still find that scene like really creepy because there's no music in the background. There's nothing trying to build up tension other than the fact that you're now seeing just this guy with a cloth over his head. You don't know what he looks like. So I can only just imagine what people were thinking back in 1958. That must have been the most terrifying shit because they really built up tension just with the most simple things. And then when he like rips off or when she... uh Rips off that cloth on his head, man. It's so effective. It's so good. Yeah, it looks cheesy, but the movie was made like, <laughs> you know, sixty-two years ago. So, um, but man, this yeah, even Paranoid wasn't out yet. Yeah. So like even <laughs> so, I mean, Vincent Price so good in this. He's he's great in this, and I just it's just a great. I love this movie. I think it's great. I think I I honestly think it still holds up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like movies from the 50s like this, so... And this is definitely one of the better ones when you're talking, like, sort of monster flicks um, from that era because there's a lot of really bad ones and cheesy ones, and I think this definitely holds up. And you could see why this movie would have an effect on somebody like Cronenberg. Oh, yeah. Where where he's just like, you know what? That was, like, a really fucked up, like, way to think about what's happening to a guy that he's, like, trapped in this, like, horrible body. And then he comes out and does the remake of The Fly in the 80s and blows everyone's mind. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I could definitely see I that. I wouldn't say he was like a mad scientist in a way because, you know, yeah, he lost his mind, but he was also transforming into a bug. <laughs> That's why I only give it a three. Yeah. Gave him a three. Yeah, Shane's, I think Shane's right. Yeah, he's not that crazy. It's quite right? low, he's a think... low-level mad scientist. Yeah, I feel like Jeff Goldblum gets much higher than... than uh, you know, in the remake than in this. Oh, for sure. If we're talking about mad scientists, though, Curse of the Fly, the third one, those guys are nuts. Is that the one where the the woman trans transforms into the fly? Yeah, they're like, curse. it's, I like the third one way better than the second one. Because the second one, like, yeah, Vincent Price returns, but they kind of lied to him about the script. And, well, they didn't lie to him, but they, like, made these last-minute changes, so he kind of, like, just did the movie anyway. But the third one, it was, it came out, like, uh, it was came out in 65, so it was uh, like seven years after the original. And they were like building these two, uh, this like family of scientists was building like all these creatures and they keep them locked up. And it's like a loose sequel off the first. Like they share the same name, but it's a different like story. It goes like a different route. Mm -hmm. But those guys are nuts. They try to like. One of them starts teleport teleporting between like France and the United States, and he keeps getting like more and more screwed up. And one of the sons isn't on board of what his family's doing, and it's just it's really cool. I gotta watch that one again. I know I when they first brought out it was like a fly box set that had the first three movies uh, jammed together. I know I watched them all then, but it, it's Jesus, it's probably been over a decade since I watched them. But I should probably go back. That'd be a good Halloween set to watch. Yeah. 
Cool. All right, Mike, what's uh, what's your first one? Well, I chose uh, the from one of my three that I'm going to talk about today, because mad scientists are badass. Um, the Blood Beast Terror. So this movie was made in 1968. Uh, it's directed by Vernon Swell, written by Peter Bryan, who wrote the screenplays for Plague of the Zombies and Brides of Dracula. Um, it stars Peter Cushing, Robert Fleming, and Wanda Ventum, who is surprisingly Benedict Cumberbatch's mom. Ooh. Yeah, so I yeah, I was doing IMDB looking it up as I'm watching the movie like I usually do, and I was like, Are you serious? Like she starred with like Peter Cushing in a movie that's so cool. So uh the plot is an entomologist named Dr. Mallinger has a special interest in moths. He hosts lectures and plays in his house. Um, He has a daughter named Claire Mallinger, who's also interested in moths. So there's a string of murders, and eventually... I just realized I've seen this movie. (laughs) As soon as you said moths, I'm like, oh, I know this one. The title title didn't get me, but I I know which one this is. So there's a string of murders, and eventually a police inspector, played by Peter Cushing, is brought in to solve these grisly murders. They all have the same odd wounds on their face and body, and conclude it's being done by a large animal. Um, a fellow entomologist played by William Wilde, his name is Brightwell, he comes from Africa to talk over his findings with Dr. Mallinger, and Claire Mallinger starts to fall for him and wants to meet him in secret. So when they do meet in secret, Claire transforms into a giant moth and drains him of his blood. And it turns out that Dr. Mallinger's daughter is actually a being he genetically created. So the whole rest of the movies, you know, you know, Peter Cushing is trying to really solve, like, what the hell's going on here? All these people keep dying with the same stuff all over their bodies, same wounds. Um, there's a <laughs> the, the scenes where Claire transforms into a moth or, you know, it's made 1968. It's not going to have like, you know, not going to have the greatest transformation effect. So she kind of just like disappears and like somebody in a moth suit comes and they're like, ah, <laughs> So uh, those are kind of cool. It it shows her like chomping away at people on the ground and draining them of their blood. Uh, Peter Cushing's great in this. He's awesome in everything he's in, but he said that this is one of his most disliked films. Um, uh, There's also a thing that bothered me. There's like a play that goes on in the doctor's house and it goes on for like a long time. It's like a 10 minute scene. And the play is actually pretty entertaining, but it goes on for a while. And like throughout the rest of the movie, like these new characters are brought in and they also have a thing for moths. And um, the rest of the movie has Dr. Mallinger like really trying to genetically modify these uh, different kinds of moths. And it turns out that spoilers for the 52 year old movie that he's trying to create a moth for his daughter like a mate and this moth is just sitting there and like cobwebs but it needs blood it needs you know something to feast on and it's it's i thought it was fine it's you know the mad scientist vibes pretty strong because this doctor he just he's sacrificing all kinds of people he doesn't care these moths need blood so he's doing whatever he can there's like not too much science involved Mm -hmm. But it's it's a good flick. It really tries to be a hammer movie, but it's not. <laughs> so yeah. So on like your your madness scale, I would probably give him like a five. 
because he's kind of crazy, but at the same time, he's not like, you know, Dr. Frankenstein. Right, he's not completely off his gourd. Yeah. But he is trying to breed a species of mothman. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> I I really want to know who the fuck came up with this idea that they're like, all right, we need to make a movie where they're transforming into this hideous monster and they're draining the blood of their victims. All right, what do we got to use? We got to use like an animal or something we can, we can get with. You know, that fly movie was big. What do you guys got? Uh, I don't know. How about a moth? <laughs> what? Yeah, as far, it's As far as I know, moths goofy. don't drink blood. Maybe a mosquito. Well, this one may. Yeah. It's goofy because, like, uh, oh, man, I lost my train of thought. Oh, it's one of those movies that, like, you know who the bad guy is. You know what's going on, like, the first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So the rest of the movie, you're watching Peter Cushing trying to figure out what you already know. So it's it's pretty, it can get pretty lengthy. It feels like it just never ends. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, that's a good choice. Uh, I like it. I know I've seen this movie a while ago, and I don't remember it being, like, something that stood out in my mind. But as soon as you said a moth, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. Well, let me go over my first one here. Uh, I picked The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Ms. Osborne. Um <laughs> also known as The Blood of Dr. Jekyll and Dr. Jekyll and His Women. <laughs> so this is 1981. It's directed by... Oh, Jesus. Here we go. All right. Uh, Valerian Bausizic. And stars sure. stars Udo Kier. Um, I don't need to give him an introduction because he's fucking Udo Kier. And... Is in like every vampire and awesome weird European movie. Um, I mean, if, if people don't know who he is, probably the, uh, the easiest way to identify him is like he's one of the vampire guys in Blade that Blade kills, like on the beach. Uh, and yeah. and he's yeah. I don't know. He always plays Dracula and a bunch of other stuff. He was in Andy Warhol's Dracula and a bunch of other amazing things. So he plays Doctor Jekyll. Um, Mariana Piero. Uh, who is also in the film Living Dead Girl, uh, plays Ms. Osborne, Dr. Jekyll's fiance, And it, so I'm not super familiar with the original story, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, other than, you know, the obvious thing that Dr. Jekyll's a scientist that whatever takes a potion or something and turns into a madman, Mr. Hyde, and goes around killing people and stuff. That's pretty much all I know of the... You know, the tale. Uh, This is a very artsy interpretation of it. It's very European. Um, There's a lot of sexuality built into it. Like, uh, in the beginning of the movie, Dr. Jekyll's got his hands all over his fiance, and, like, they're really... He wants to bang her, and she's down for it, but, like, they're like, oh, we gotta wait till tonight when everyone's gone, and then we'll have all weekend to just pound away. And, um... There's, like, a, a bunch of dinner guests come over to have this dinner in celebration of their engagement... And they're all, like, signing this book, and they're watching this weird performance of a dancer. This, like, young teenage girl does this dance performance. And um, they, they all have dinner, and they're having, like, all these philosophical discussions about the nature of medicine. And if uh, transcendental medicine, which is what uh, Dr. Jekyll calls it, is effective. And there's, like, 
the there's like the atheist guy who's like, no, that's all bullshit. Only real medicine can fix people, and this transcendental stuff is nonsense. And then there's a priest there, and the priest is like, well, blah blah blah, God. And then you know, there's like a general. So it's this weird like group of people that are all having this argument and discussion. Um, and in the meantime, Doctor Jekyll keeps excusing himself and like disappearing and stuff. We don't know where he's going. And it turns out there's, like, murders that are happening. I think somebody gets murdered outside, and then the young dancer gets murdered, and, like, there's... Oh, I'll wait till Shane's done shuffling his furniture. Sorry, I was, I was moving my chair. <laughs> and, um, the, uh, so, the girl's murdered, and they find her, and they're, like, um, the, the atheist guy's also a doctor, and he's examining her body, and they're like, oh my god, you know, she's been killed... And he starts, like, giving out these measurements. He's like, oh, her vaginal opening is uh, originally three centimeters by this. And I'm like, how do you know what originally was? Did, were you measuring it before? And then he's like, now it's like <laughs> it's like 10 centimeters and blah, 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 like going into this whole thing. And apparently throughout the film, uh, Mr. Hyde uh, rapes and kills his victims with his huge, enormous, pointed penis, which is shown what? on camera. Oh no! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And they're like, <laughs> her vaginal wall's been perforated into her stomach, and you're like, oh my god, what the fuck is going on in this movie? We're getting intense. Um, Mr. Hyde also does not, um, he does not give any prejudice between genders because he then rapes <laughs> and kills uh, one of the one of the other guys in the film, and he rapes a hole into his stomach with his pointed penis. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh man. It's fucking insane. So there's not like there there is like a lot of nudity and stuff in the movie. It's not super sexual and they show this gigantic fake cock and it's really funny. Um but it's all done very seriously and like I said the movie's like super artistic and they've always got this like sort of a glow coming from the lighting. It really makes it look like it's like in the 1800s candle lit. I mean, it's not, obviously. There's probably big studio lights and shit, but, you know, they really try to make it look like something a little different than the normal. Um, and uh, the acting in it is really good, somewhat inconsistent on some of the actors. Like, the general is kind of crazy. He goes around... And one really funny scene, he thinks uh, Mr. Hyde's escaped and he's chasing him out the building. And then he sees someone duck behind like a carriage and he guns him down. And then he comes back in. He's like, oh, there's been another terrible murder. And they're like, oh, my God, what happened? He's like, I, uh, I shot your coachman, so he's dead. <laughs> but, um, well, just move on from that. Everything's fine. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait a second. You just killed somebody? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's good. It's really, really worth checking out if you come across it i mean i i have it it's a, a arrow released the blu-ray a little while ago i don't know how many years ago but um maybe if you don't want to spend that kind of big money on it if you find it streaming somewhere it's worth checking out udo kier is awesome in it some other guy plays mr hyde when he transforms and like he's got like no eyebrows and like no facial hair and looks like kind of weird um you don't notice notice his giant girthy penis uh when he transforms uh, that's only sh shown in some sexual scenes, but it's over the top. It's a pretty beautiful movie, has some great shots, and the pace keeps moving along, which is pretty good for an older movie like this. But it's only from 1981. I guess it's not that old, 
But uh, yeah, uh, a strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Ms. Osborne. I uh, I recommend it. And um, let's see, the scientist insanity meter. Here's the thing, right? So like when Doctor Jekyll's himself, he's still not all there. Like he sort of wants to become Mister Hyde, which is like fucked up because he knows. Mr. Hyde will go on to be a maniac, but he doesn't care, and he leaves everything in his will to Mr. Hyde, assuming that one day he'll just become Mr. Hyde and not be able to turn back. So, I think even the doctor himself is, like, out of his fucking gourd in this movie. And obviously, when he becomes a giant raping murderer, he's literally even more crazy. So, he's probably, like, a solid 8 out of 10 on this one. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds like something I'll watch. You had me with the big penis thing. Oh, uh, yeah. How could I not? His gigantic, sharp penis, which they point out multiple times. <laughs> I'm like, sharp? Why am I thinking, Mike, of like Tony Harrison from The Mighty Boosh? I don't his... know. I don't know either, Shane. What, what are you no, talking about? When he talks about his um, um, was it multiple barbed hexagonal penis. I don't remember, but that, that sounds like Mighty Boosh. Yeah. Oh. Ryan, you're missing out on that one. All right, I'll have to check out the hexagonal penis. Season three. <laughs> All right, well, who uh, wants to go next? Uh, um, I can, actually, because then I can finish, I can finish what my, uh, my, the only two movies that I chose. Um, but basically, I'm going to go with the 1986 remake of The Fly, funnily enough. And I'd like to thank my mate Keith Wilkinson about this one, because I was chatting to him about it earlier. And I said, Mad Scientist movies. And he said, well, why not do The Fly? And I was like, which one? And he went, the 86 one. I went, all right, I'll do the 58 one as well. So I'm going to double dip here and do this one. Um, basically, obviously, directed by David Cronenberg, as everybody in the 80s um, in the horror forums know um this is the uber gory and slightly juicy 1986 remake with jeff goldblum playing seth brundle gina davis playing his missus um where he basically is a brilliant but eccentric scientist attempting attempting to woo and investigate uh, an investigative journalist uh, veronica quaif <laughs> quaif sorry um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Veronica Queef, yeah, um, by offering her a scoop on his latest research in the field of matter transportation, which against all the expectations of the scientific establishment have proved successful. Up to a point, Brundle thinks he has ironed out the last problem when he successfully transports a living creature, but when he attempts to teleport himself, the fly enters one of the transmission booths and Brundle finds he is a changed man. This science gone mad film is the source of the quotable quote, be afraid, be very afraid. Also, I think um, I remember watching this for the first time in about 1988, because obviously it was back in the 80s. We used to get films used to come out on the cinema and we wouldn't get them until about 18 months later, 18 months to two years later. So we had our local video shops. And when the fly came out, my brother Lloyd hired it out and i was like i really want to watch this and he everybody in my family were like no you're too young to watch this and it's like i like horror movies and this was probably one of the first proper body horror movies that i watched 
and it completely grossed me out, but it also fascinated me at the same time. And it was because of the whole transformation thing, um, and it was like all the experiments. I mean, when he does when he does the gorilla um, or the baboon or whatever it is, and does the dog, which I thought was fucking heartbreaking. It's like, why do animals just like get a fucking rapist in or something like that? You know that kind of thing. Um, but um, it's like the effects in this and the storyline in this was just absolutely fantastic. They obviously they took the original story, and in my opinion, Cronenberg made it a hundred times better with his visuals. Um, and it was like the, just the brutal shit. It's like you had the an, you had the protagonist, you had the antagonist. I mean, there was the guy when oh yeah, spoiler alert in case you haven't seen it when he basically pukes on the guy and melts his hand when he's trying to eat. Yeah, and it's like when he's like, because you see it off camera when he's like describing the videos, how he eats to Gina Davis. And he's like, and basically, I, you know, I puke on things and I have to eat them like that. And she's like completely grossed out. And you know exactly what he's doing when it gets to the end of the movie. But it's like with that guy when he just pukes on his hand and then he pukes on his head. You're like, yeah, you know, that was really, that was fucking awesome. But um, the visuals, the visuals in this were just stunning for their time, you know, 1986. Um, when was this? Right? It came out in 15th of August, 1986 in the USA. And I think it was around about the same, no, it was a little bit later. I think it was 87 we got it in the UK when it came out on the cinema. Because I remember it being 1988 when we got it on VHS. Um, but uh, the whole whole system or the whole thing with Seth um, Seth with Brundle I mean he was obviously interested in changing the ways of science with this but he went a little bit too far and he obviously he experimenting on himself and trying to work out what went wrong with his with horrendous results, thus him becoming the human fly, you know, and it was like the way his the way he looked, and you know, just the creature effects themselves were fucking hideous, and they were brilliant. And the way Gina Davis reacts, I mean, let's face it, she's not the oh, back in the eighties. I mean, she was known as a good actress now, not so much, um, but she was she looked genuinely shocked and appalled by the scenes in the movie, by what was happening. And I thought it was really well done how she showed her fear and how she showed her sympathy towards him and him basically trying to sort himself out and try to work out why he's become like this and how this has happened and with very grim results. And I really liked that about the movie. Current um, Bay did a brilliant job with it. Um, I'm not going to say so much about Fly 2. That's underrated, I think. People give the Fly 2 some shit, but I think that's a good movie. That's the one with, oh yeah, that's the almost human son of Brundle Fly. Right. Which, you know, obviously that movie, oh, fuck it, we might as well talk about it. I mean, that movie obviously starts off with Gina Davis giving birth. Well, it's not Gina Davis, but well, it's her, right, character. Right, her character. Yeah, 
yeah, her character giving birth to a worm or a maggot. <laughs> you know, that was kind of grim. So, but it was just like, I think, you know, it's really funny because that film came out in 1989 and I've only ever watched it once and that was in 1990. I, so I think it's worth another rewatch, Shane. It's, it's not that bad. Like, there's some, I, I, it's a lot of back and forth in the movie where, you know, he's trying to deal with this thing and there's an evil corporation and he's trying to, like, prevent them from getting a hold of the technology, but he works for them. It's It's like a weird fucking back and forth they have dumped into it but the special effects are fucking nearly as good as the first one if they're not yeah as i was good, just gonna right. say the last like 30 minutes of fly 2 has like some of the best effects i've seen yeah in like yeah. an 80s movie it holds up super well i think the first one is boy if it's not the number two like behind the thing in best effects of all time it's fucking got to be real close like it is top notch special effects yeah the, the, the effects in it are fucking amazing yeah i'm not gonna deny that yeah yeah i really like i really like this one it's one of the best remakes of all time obviously and um jeff goldblum is fucking perfection i don't think you could get a better brundle um i don't know i just can't picture improving this movie and i think the remake of this was so good, it has sort of made it, like, impossible for someone to remake the mo- this movie again. Like, I, I couldn't imagine somebody making this again and making, like, a big CGI monster or something that comes out. It, it would just... It would be terrible. It doesn't it have... Look shit. It doesn't have I mean, that grossness this movie has. This movie was so gross when I was growing up. Like, when he's, like, picking his fingernails off uh, yeah. and his teeth are falling out. Oh my god! There's still like that one scene where he goes out to the bar and he arm wrestles that guy. Mm-hmm. My stomach, I, I like, I get nauseous knowing the scene is coming, and I'm like, it used to be one of those scenes in a movie where I'd have to look away, but like I force myself to watch now, and I'm like, oh god, here it comes! Gonna, his arm's gonna break. <laughs> That's one of the yeah. It's one of the few scenes that I have to look away from actually. Like that between that and Hellraiser and large where he's moving the mattress yeah he's moving the mattress and the fucking it, the nail gets his hand Ugh. I'm like oh god it's like looking at right looking at the special effects on this it's like Louis Craig Ted Ross Clark Johnson and Chris Wallace who did the creature effects I mean those guys I've never even heard of you know Obviously, at the time, you know, probably unknown, but I would imagine they'd gone on to do other things. But there's, like, so many amazing effects in that film. I didn't even realise this, but just looking at the visual effects listing on IMDb, there was CG animation in it. Um, so, I mean, some of the computer stuff. I mean, like, like, well, like what happens it, in the computer, I'm sure there is. Well, there probably is, probably, a, probably is that, but it's like just looking at the listings and it says... Tom P- Bizogno, like CG animation, uncredited. See, because there's a lot of people on here who are uncredited. But, you know, it just, it it was amazing what they did with it. I mean, the music itself was done by Howard Shaw. So it had a great soundtrack for it as well. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, love, I love this one. <clears throat> uh, we, could, we could sit here and pr- he prays out of the fly forever. But we should probably move on. But that's a great pick for uh, for mad scientists. You got another one, Mike? Yeah, I got um, the Island of Lost Souls. Ooh, 
Yeah. But so I will say Seth Brundle, mad scientist meter, I'd give him an eight. Yeah, he does lose it. Like he's willing to not only put himself at risk, but he wants to toss Gina Davis into it too. I mean, he does do go slightly jibber twitch. And he gets annoyed Ugh. with her when she doesn't. She's not on board. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he tries I'm, to pick somebody up. She's like, "Yeah, I'm down for the for, for fly sex, but you know, I don't want to go in the pod." What a prude! What a prude. <laughs> so yeah, I, um, this is the first time I've watched Island of Lost Souls. I've always heard about it. I knew Bella Lugosi was in it, but mm-hmm. that's all I really heard from. So uh, this movie was made in 1932. It was directed by Earl C. Kenton, who also directed Ghost of Frankenstein, House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula, big universal guy. It was uh, based on the novel by H.G. Wells, who actually didn't like this movie because <laughs> he said it, it focused too much on horror and not what he originally, uh, his direction. Uh, the screenplay was written by Waldemir Young and Philip Wiley. So it stars Charles Lofton as Dr. Moreau. Richard Arlen as Edward Parker, Leela Hyams as Ruth Thomas, and Bella Lugosi has a small role as Sayer of the Law. So this came out the year after Dracula, and I read that Bella Lugosi did this part for $800 because he was going through bankruptcy at the time. And it's such like a small part for com- for this coming out a year after Dracula. Like, that's insane to me. Um, but anyway, so the plot is a ship goes down at sea and one person is rescued by a passing boat. He is promised by the boat doctor that he will be dropped off at the first pier so he can be properly rescued. The boat has a drunk captain and is carrying a ton of exotic animals. The person that was rescued, Ed Parker, gets into a fight with the captain and the captain lit- <laughs> he literally throws him off the boat. Ooh, that was coming. He literally throws him off the boat into the boat going to a strange island. Like, I started cracking up. Like, this movie is not funny at all. But the captain... (laughs) The captain literally picks this guy up and throws him overboard onto, like, a really small boat. And the guy kind of gets up. He goes, oh, man. Like, he he dropped, like, 30 feet. (laughs) Anyway. So, eventually... um. Yeah, when they get to the island, Dr. Moreau tells Edward that he will be returned to the pier by the next morning. As they're making their way through the jungle and to Moreau's house, there are creatures in the jungle, half man, half animal. Moreau goes on to say that these are his creations. They even have their own law, and one of those laws is not to spill blood. Moreau gets an idea that he wants his best creation, the Panther Woman, played by Kathleen Burke, to see if she gets attracted to Parker, because she's only seen the Doctor and Dr. Moreau. So eventually, word gets to Parker's fiance Ruth, about the captain throwing him overboard, and her and a new captain set out on an expedition to go to his last location. They get to the island, and Edward has seen enough and wants to leave immediately. But it's dark, and Moreau tells him to stay the night. He's like, oh, if you can get through my a mile in the jungle at nighttime, he's like, I can't promise your safety. So in the middle of the night, a creature tries to break into the room of Ruth. Shots get fired, and they go to make their escape um as a mad scientist meter i'm gonna say this now it's probably a nine or ten 
because Dr. Moreau has an entire island just for genetically modifying <laughs> human beings into animals. Um, <laughs> so I would say it's pretty up there as a mad scientist would go. Um, even the, the island is not on any charts or anything. It's completely like a new island no one knows about. Um, one of the scene highlights for me is uh, when Edward finds out about the experiments Dr. Moreau is performing. Dr. Moreau calls it the room of pain, and he basically tortures these animal-human hybrids. Like, he works on them while they're alive. There's no sedative or anything. And this movie came out in 1932, so you have this dude laying on a like a, a table while they're working on him, and he's, like, screaming and everything, and it's it's pretty brutal for, for when it came out. Excuse me, sorry. Um, the, <laughs> it's right done with my energy drink. Um, the directing and acting are fantastic in this. They are so good, especially Charles Lofton's awesome. Um, even the small role by Bella Lugosi, he plays like one of the law keepers of the mutants on the island, and he's got like this full like face full of hair, and there's these awesome close-ups of him where he like gets right to the camera and he's like screaming about law. I'm like, this is so cool. I don't really see any negatives. Like for 1932, this really holds up. Um, this is an outstanding movie. It's, I've never seen it before, but I'm so glad that I watched it. It was actually banned in the UK until 1958 and was <laughs> refused a cinema certificate originally. And when the ban was lifted in 1958, it was given an X certificate with heavy cuts. It's so motion weird. <laughs> the motion picture board's cuts were made due to vivisection and cutting a living man to pieces. Also, there's a line said by Dr. Moreau saying, do you know what it means to feel like a god? Which is reminiscent of Frankenstein. And uh, the film was only released uncut on DVD in 2011 with a PG certificate. So, yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, I think this is yeah. a Criterion movie now. Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm I have, buy it. <laughs> yeah, I've got the blue of it. That's And that was the first time I saw it, too. Uh, it was only, I don't know, a couple years ago, I think, when I picked that up. Uh, it's, this is a great one. Have you, have you seen the, the remake of this? No, I, I know that there's, <laughs> I know that there's like a like Fantasy Island type thing, and I know the the <laughs> scientist in South Park, but that's as far <laughs> as <laughs> that's as far as I know. I made a baboon uh, with four asses. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's as far as I, have, you know, but I'm I'm still not going to watch the new Fantasy Island. It's not Fantasy Island. It's the Island of Doctor Moreau is the name of the uh, the remake. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was Fantasy Island. No? No. 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 <laughs> I'm way off then. I don't know. <laughs> um, but more importantly than that movie, there's a documentary about the making of it. Um, fuck, I don't remember the name of it now. It's about Richard Stanley making The Island of Dr. Moreau. Okay. Um, and, and Richard Stanley is not credited as the director on that released version um, because he got kicked off the project. Um, but, oh wow! You, know, you got to watch the documentary. It's fucking top. So top, it's the documentary about making the the remake, making the Island of Doctor Moreau. I, I okay. I should look it up because it's on Amazon. I know that because I watched it. Uh, I'm gonna just type it in and look for it. Wasn't uh, what's his face in it? Uh, Marlon Brando. Yeah. 1996. Yeah. Oh, Val Kilmer. Yep, Val Kilmer, Marlon Brando. 
Lost Soul, uh, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, wow. Oh, you got to watch it. It's so good. Uh, the, the documentary is better than the movie. Ron Perlman's in it. He's Sarah of the Law. There you go. And uh, what's her <laughs> face? Um, the one with the eyes, the, the huge like, oh, yeah. gray eyes. What the hell's her name? Feruza Bulk. Yes. She's the... I'm on IMDb. I don't know if it's the panther girl, but she's the cat girl. Oh, her name's Aissa in this. They didn't call her the panther woman. Well, you know, she's a cat lady. In the original, uh, they held... Paramount held a... uh, a, What was it? 60,000 person uh, casting call for the panther woman in 1932. How was it that many? That's a lot. Yeah. Jeez, I guess they really wanted to make it. But yeah, so that's... Now, this is, a, this is a good universal movie, and it's not... It's weird because it doesn't get, like, a big release. You don't see this usually dumped into the universal box sets and everything. Uh, like I said, the Criterion version is the, the one I had come across. And it's worth checking out. It's definitely a great movie. All right, cool. Let me do my last film I got here. Uh, okay. Metamorphosis from 1990. Not to be confused with Metamorphosis, <laughs> The Alien Factor from 1990. This is a different movie. And I have both of them on Laserdisc. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> and when I when I pulled out, like, I this, this version I watched was on Blu-ray, but I pulled it out. I was like, is this the one with the alien or the one with the scientist? I couldn't remember. I had to read, like, the back of the box and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, this one's the scientist. Um... So it's directed by George Eastman, who wrote The Great Alligator, Terror Express, Anthropophagus, and Erotic Nights of the Living Dead. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I typoed this in. I wrote a generic scientist, but it's supposed to be genetic. Thanks a lot, autocorrect. <laughs> a generic scientist in 1990, uh, played by Gene LeBrock, who is also in Beyond the Darkness, which is on the same Blu-ray. This is a Scream Factory double feature. It's got um, Beyond the Darkness and Metamorphosis on one set. Uh, He was also in Night of the Beast, which I hadn't seen, but it sounds familiar. Um, The Doctor is about to have his research money pulled if he doesn't publish his results for the school that he's working for, and he has not finished his experiments yet. And he's, he's doing some anti-aging thing with DNA, and it's the 1990s, so well, most of it's like gibberish that they just sort of spill out and be like, yeah, we're going to use DNA and fix aging. Oh, okay. Um, so obviously, he, he needs to get his results, and he doesn't have time to perform all the experiments, and the monkey he's working with, I think, dies at one point. So he has to inject the DNA or whatever into himself as the test. And he does this by performing like a uh, a Dead Space 2 where they get the needle coming directly into your eyeball and he's got to like stay still and have the needle go into his eye to, I guess that's how you have to inject DNA into you is to go through your eye. So uh, after that, he starts like having blackouts and like missing time. He doesn't know what's going on, but he keeps having these like little flashbacks and stuff where he sees himself like assaulting women and like doing horrible things. And he ends up, like, savagely beating this woman, and then he tries to retrace his steps, and he goes into this bar, and he's like, hey, was I in here last night? And, like, the whole bar is basically empty, except for the bartender and a bunch of bouncers, and the bartender's like, no, fella, I never seen you before. 
So he sits down and he, and he has a drink and like all the bartenders like close all the doors and lock and they all like swarm around this guy and then like the woman that he had beaten the night before comes out. I guess she worked at the bar and like everybody grabs him and just starts beating the shit out of this guy because you're like, yeah, you're the asshole that like beat this woman. And he, he like goes into a rage and like almost kills this guy that he's fighting and then like runs away and stuff and he starts mutating and like it he's his dna is going out of control and he and he gets put into the hospital and they say that his he's rapidly aging so it's sort of the reverse of what he was trying to do so he's turning into an old man and they've got this rubber old man face makeup on him and his girlfriend comes to visit him and he's like no i can't be with you and then he realizes that it's not merely him de-aging he's actually mutating into a different form and he needs organs so he he like kills his scientific competitor and like steals the guy's organs this is after he tripped a crippled guy on the ground because he was acting like a dick um so he goes on this like sort of mad spree where he's like stealing organs from people and i guess eating them they don't really show it but i get we're supposed to assume i guess that's what happens and then he kidnaps his girlfriend's kid and takes him to a university where he's stalking him through the halls and there's like a little kid running around and he needs to perform something to reverse the process. Um, and it's basically just nonsense, the whole movie. The special effects aren't that great. They're okay. They're all practical uh, with the exception of like when the eyeball or I'm sorry, when the needle goes into the eyeball, they cut away to this like computer screen and they're showing like a graphical representation of like the guy's skull and like a needle going into it. And like, they don't even bother showing, you know, um, like a, a Fulci thing where the needle like hits the eye and goes into it. They just like, Oh no, look, it's definitely going in his eye and it's creepy. Cause you're watching this computer screen. Um, the ending of the movie, when he goes into his final mutation, I don't want to spoil it because it's so fucking ridiculous. It's an A plus at the very end. Like the whole movie drags on and you're like, ugh, this isn't going anywhere. It just looks like this guy's dressed up in like, you know, Steve-O old man makeup and like, in um, like jackass. Like it's just like a fake rubber face. It looks like that for a large portion of it. And you're like, ah, oh, this isn't really what I was hoping for. But at the end when he finally transforms and he turns into this fucking, I, I can't spoil it because it's so stupid that you won't even believe they went there. I broke out laughing on the couch, just like dying, curled up on the couch, laughing at how ridiculous this thing was. And um, the movie still goes on and has an epilogue. But overall, I don't know if I would say it's not a good movie. It's definitely bad. But I think this would be like a perfect candidate for like a mystery science theater type thing because it's so bad you would just laugh throughout the whole thing. And I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. Um, I think a normal person probably wouldn't enjoy this as much. But uh, but I really, really did. So, I don't know. On the scientist scale, the guy was obviously crazy. But he really only did, you know, the, in, the injection on himself because he was out of research time or whatever. I'd probably give the scientist himself like a four or a five. I mean, he does horrible things when he goes out of his mind and starts transforming. Um, but the movie itself is pretty bad. I'd give the movie probably like a three or a four. Unless you're a masochist like myself and you love watching sort of shitty Italian-style movies. 
where the plot is secondary to just the, to just the dumb bullshit that's happening. <laughs> so I don't know. I'll I, watch I, it. I would check it out uh, if if it's streaming somewhere. It's definitely worth a watch, especially in October, because the ending you just have to see to be like, I can't believe that's what they went with. I am shocked. <laughs> so it's called Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. The uh, the cover has like a guy, uh, just his face screaming as a needle is going into his eyeball. Okay. Yeah, it's on Prime. There you go. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, watch it on Prime for free. That's the way to do it. So yeah, that's what I got. Did you have another one you wanted to cover, Mike? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So I got uh, my next movie, or my last movie, rather, is called Beyond the Black Rainbow, and it came out in 2010. It was directed and written by Panos Cosmatos, who is the son of the director of Tombstone, and primarily funded this movie based off the royalties from Tombstone. Hmm. Yeah. So, um... It's on Tubi if you want to watch it, but I got to warn you, this is one of the most artsy sci-fi horror movies I have ever seen. Um, It's the same director as Mandy, so if you liked Mandy, or if you like Baskin, or you like The Void, those weird, artsy, sci-fi horror movies, this is going to be up your alley. So, uh, the stars Michael Rogers as Barry, Dr. Barry Nile. Uh, Eva Bourne as Alina, and Scott Highlands as Dr. Mercurio Arborea. So the plot is, in the 1960s, a research institute was founded by Mercurio Arborea called the Arborea Institute. It was supposed to combine science and spirituality to forward humanity into a new age of happiness. So then we cut to the 1980s, and Arborea's former apprentice, Dr. Barry Nile, is now running things at the institute. Um... Mercurio Arborea just chills in a room all day. <laughs> I'm presuming he's retired, but he's getting like doped up all day long watching TV. Um, so Dr. Barry is keeping this girl locked in a room. She possesses psychic abilities, which he keeps under control using a glowing prism, and she only speaks through telepathy. So every single day, uh, Dr. Barry interrogates Elena and gives her various tests trying to understand her psychic abilities. Uh, One day, trying to get a response out of her, he brings up Elena's mom. He says that Elena may find a picture of her in her room that night. Um, An assistant to Barry named Margot stumbles upon a room where she finds a book showing sexual fascination with Elena from Dr. Barry. I guess it's like laying out. Uh, Barry rushes back to the Institute to find a cigarette ash on the floor from Margot. So the next day, Barry tells Margot, hey, you know, Alina has got illegal contraband in her room. She's got a, a picture of her mom. So Margot enters the room, finds the picture of Alina's mom, takes it from her, crumbles it up. And Alina, like, in a really cool scene, she, like, drains uh, this woman's blood and like there's like blood pouring out of her mouth and, and face and everything and kills Margot. So um, since this only came out 10 years ago, I'm going to get into a little bit of spoilers. Um, so it turns out that Alina's mom was Dr. Arborea's wife. So in the 1960s, Barry went through a procedure that led him to transcendence. He claims that he saw the eyes of God. Uh, he then kills Arborea's wife slash Alina's mom and Dr. Arborea like 
doesn't even care. He just like dunks a young Alina into the same liquid Barry was put through to for him to go to, through transcendence. So we flash forward to the 80s again and Alina escapes the Institute and is being hunted down by Barry, who shows his true form. He like takes off his like this weird wig. He's got these weird uh, like eyeballs. Um, he kills a couple metalheads listening to Venom because he thinks one of them had sex with Alina. Um it's a very odd movie. The whole movie is about Elena trying to escape from this institute. Um, and this Dr. Barry, he's just every day. He just he wants to uh, get to the bottom of her psychic abilities. And he wants to have, like, have sex with her. He's real like obsessed with her. Um, one of the scene highlights is with the metalheads. Because it kind of made me laugh. This is like towards the end of the movie where Elena escapes the institute. And she stumbles upon these two guys. And they're just like these two <laughs> stereotypical metalheads sitting on logs drinking beer. And like they're just like listening to Venom because it takes place in like 1984. And it's so different from the rest of the movie. Like they're so over the top. And it's it's very non-artsy. <laughs> and these people just get killed by the the Dr. Barry. The art style is really cool. It's very, very, very artsy. And I'm going to keep saying it because it's just over the top. Mm. But the acting's really great. What was that? Um, the acting's really great. Um, it's very atmospheric, so keep that in mind. So on a scale from like 1 to 10 of like a doctor, a mad doctor, I would say he's like a 9 or 10. Because this guy is just crazy. And his like true form is weird. He went insane after he got dunked into this like vat of black liquid and he like saw God and everything. He's just nuts. So yeah, it's it's a good movie. It's just a little It's just like a little too artsy for me. So but other people may enjoy it. Too artsy for you. I'm surprised. Yeah, I was too. Like Mandy, I liked. A lot of people hated Mandy because it was kind of all over the place. It's mm-hmm. like very atmospheric, and this is no different. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of like keeps Alina under control using like this glowing prism, and it kind of when he like he can like turn it on or off, and when he turns it on, she's like just sedated. She's constantly sedated in this room, and he's like it's sc- like screwing with her at all times. He like turns it off when he wants to interview her. He's like trying to purposely like tap things to like get under her skin and everything. It's real. He's kind of nuts. So. Awesome. I might actually check that out. Cause I'm always down for some weird artsy shit. And I think Mandy, I actually have Mandy on my Halloween stack over here. So I'll be watching that <laughs> soon. Maybe this will be a nice. Have you little... seen it before? No, I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Yeah, it's Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, I'm already sold. Great. So I, I did watch half of one movie. I didn't get to finish it. Um, I don't know. Mostly because I was busy. But I did just want to read the plot to this one. Because the DVD has a hilarious little thing on the back here. So this is Lady Frankenstein from 1971. I was going to try to toss a nice little crazy lady scientist in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the plot on the back of this thing says, uh, when Dr. Frankenstein is murdered by a monster he created, his daughter and lab assistant continue his experiments. The two fall in love and attempt to transplant his brain into the muscular body of a retarded servant, comma, in order to prolong life. 
that's it. No, that, that's, that's that's all you need. <laughs> like, what the fuck? However, the movie itself is really interesting. Like I'm only halfway through it, and I'm like, shit, I want to keep watching this. Uh, it's kind of cool. The the from what I understand, Roger Corman's involved in this, so clearly it's only oh. the top top quality acting and directing that you'd expect from a Roger Corman project. Um, but it's got uh, Rosabella Neary, who was in Amok, The French Sex Murders, and The Girl in Room 2A, which is sort of a classic giallo. Uh, she's really good. And, yeah, I want I sort of want to finish this one up. The only downside is I think this movie is, like, free to watch pretty much everywhere. It's on Amazon and everything. But the copy I have on DVD is horrible. Like, it looks like it was filmed on a VHS through somebody's window with a different VHS <laughs> camera. Like, it looks and sounds so bad. I had to have the volume cranked, like, all the way up so I could understand what the audio was, but it's it's all distorted and shitty. So I may uh, go out on uh, Prime and see if I can find a better a better quality copy to watch. Uh, they got a few of them up there. It's one of those movies that if you type in Amazon, there's like six versions on Amazon Prime for free to watch. Oh, God. So I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> so... I don't know. I'll go. I'll check it out later. But yeah, it's pretty good. Sweet. So, what do you think, boys? Any other prominent uh, med scientists that we missed out on? Or I mean, there's always room for another episode, I believe. Oh, I'm sure I, we I could do ton tons. Yeah, we could do tons of episodes on this alone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's another one. Yeah. I might even have the opportunity to watch another mad scientist film. Oh my god. You know? for a future episode who knows there was one I, d I talked about it last year i don't know if we covered it for anything in particular but it was the vineyard um yeah you did bring that up oh, okay all right so that's a great mad scientist film with uh what, oh what the fuck's the guy's name um he's he, uh oh man the what's Asian his name guy uh... who's in every movie he's in every fucking movie playing like he, he was in uh, big trouble in little china he played uh low pan james hong james hong that's it yes um, yeah, he's like the main character in the movie and plays the mad scientist, and it's fucking amazing. I love I've it. I've only seen it once, but I remember liking it a lot. Yeah, that's another great one. I like weird ones like that that stand out. You know, you got your, your it, typical stuff. There's probably there's a million Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movies out there, you know. Pretty much like Frank Hennenlotter, too, you know? Like Frankenhooker, or like... Oh, Frankenhooker. <laughs> yeah, but is he really mad, or is he just more distraught? Like, I don't know. He like kills prostitutes and put them together. Well, it's pretty was mad. it on purpose? I mean, I know he invented super. <laughs> he invented super crack, but did he know they were going to explode? <laughs> if you had no context for that sentence, you'd be so confused. <laughs> I need to watch Frankenhooker again. It's been so long. That's I found those... the vinyl, the soundtrack for it. That's one of those movies I saw. I was probably like 12 or 13. Like, I <laughs> no way should have been watching Frankenhooker, but it was on HBO, like, in the middle of the night. I'm like, yeah, this has probably got some boobs in it. I'm going to watch it. And it's like in the very beginning, a woman gets run over by a lawnmower and completely dismembered. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? And then this super crack comes into play. I'm like of a little course. kid watching fucking hookers explode. <laughs> and you turned out okay. Oh, yeah, obviously. Well adjusted at all. Oh my god. Alright, fellas, let's wrap this up. I have to go uh, watch the uh, DVR of the Giants and Bears so I can cry. And yeah. Sleep. 
<clears throat> I am going to sit indoors with uh, the sound off on everything. I'm going to sit in silence. And stare at the wall? Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, I just I can't be bothered to do anything this evening. So, at a boy, Shane. I'm gonna go take a dump. It sounds like you need it. That's a well-rounded night. Yeah. <laughs> Probably get an early night if I can, because my sleep has is fucked. All right. Well, let's wrap this up, fellas. Um, yeah. If you guys need to get a hold of the podcast, our Gmail. All you need is all you need is bloodpod at gmail.com. Facebook group. All you need is blood. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me on um, on Instagram, um, all you need Ryan. On Twitter at Ryan Tudelo. I'm also on the upcoming horrormovies.com message board. You can find me on there and you know get in discussion with the uh, 31 Days of Horror for Halloween. And yeah, Facebook and various other places. Uh, Mike, uh, I do the All You Need Is Blood podcast. Uh, account on instagram and today i asked people let me know your favorite mad scientist flicks and no one responded so get fucking miles i tagged you in that and you <laughs> liked the tag but you didn't respond son of a bitch <laughs> so uh yeah i'm also on the forum uh i really wish people would like go there and try to do the 31 days of horror that's gonna be fun uh, i'm also on the facebook group i'm one of the mods so if you want to Join the Facebook group. I will allow you in as long as you're not like someone who wants to spam things. So, yeah. Shane? Um, you, you can find me on Instagram at RoboGinge74. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Dead Society. And that's about it. Awesome. And, and all, all three of us are part of the All You Need Is Blood Facebook group. Right. And normally I edit out Shane's crinkling of his uh, cigarette rolling, but I'm going to leave that last one in because he talked over himself crinkling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. All right, boys. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And I guess I'll just say bye for now. Later. See ya. Mm. Oh, I've had to pee for so long. <laughs> My fucking brother. So I'm not watching that football game right now, Mike. Hmm. I got. I'm gonna go downstairs and watch it after Elisa finishes whatever she's watching the Jets game or something. And my fucking brother texts me right in the middle of it and tells me something that happened. I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, yeah, I, I didn't even know that they were playing the Giants today, or else I would have been watching it. But uh, yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say I'm not holding out a lot of hope. I do, I do like a football pool where we pick every you know every game. You just pick the winners. And I, I looked at it and I'm like Bears Giants and I'm like ugh. Fuck. <laughs> like when I have to like look at something like that and be like, I don't think we're gonna win this, but if I go against them, that'll ruin. My yeah, life. you gotta like, you have to pick your own team. My buddy's just a diehard Bears fan, yeah. and he's just he rarely doesn't pick the Bears. Right, right. I do the same thing. Like I almost always pick the Giants, and I'm like, yeah, but we're not gonna win this. Like, <laughs> you know, we got. And a I want to win money, so we got a San Fran game coming up, and I'm like, we're not gonna win that, but I'm gonna pick the Giants anyway. Uh, oh god alright uh, holy shit oh my god <laughs> at last at last seltzer did it alright I'll talk to you guys later oh, alright man I'll see you later see you guys
There it is. Where the fuck is... Oh, I should probably stop recording this, huh? Uh...